It's a new year. New beginnings. Hopeful expectations. It's a year that we don't know how it's going to unfold for all the days in 2020. Counting this moment, we who are here, we have lived 11 days and maybe about 11 hours into this new year already. And the question before us this morning is, is Jesus to us in 2020? It is a question that is before every Christian believer and non-believer in this world. We have to be able to answer this question, who is Jesus to us in 2020? And why is the answer to this question so important? It is so important because it will determine how we go through this year. We will have some joys in this year. We will have some sorrows. We will have some disappointments. We will have some pains. We will have some doubts. We will have some fears. We will have some uncertainties. We will have some deaths. And if we can answer the question, who is Jesus to us in 2020, it will determine how we make it through this year. I stand before you on this day knowing that it is the 12th day of January in 2020. And all I can say to you about myself is that I hope by the grace and mercy of God that I will live to see the end of 2020 and give God praise and glory along the way. You see, I can say that with all certainty because I know that tomorrow is not promised to me. Sometimes we love to give God, you know, what we think it should be rather than what the word of God says. Jesus tells us, do not worry about tomorrow. Focus on this day. Because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And in this 12th day of January, when I look at the world, when I hear what has been going on, when I look at you, the church, when I look at my own life, I know that some of us that are troubled about what's happening you know, or what's going to happen, especially 
in the United Methodist Church. And I say to people, and I remind people when they bring that up, do not forget who Jesus is. Do not forget that in the midst of all things going on, in all the proclamations, in all the things that people think should be done, do not forget Jesus in 2020. Because regardless of what the front page of the Chronicle says, and regardless of what all that is said on the social media networks, God is still God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the church belongs to Christ. So who is Jesus for us in 2020? We need to look to the word of God. We need to look to the scriptures. And we need to spend time in the world because this world is busy, y'all. This world is the culture and, and times that we are living in. It's showing you so many things. It's encouraging you to think your own reasoning, your own logic. It's encouraging you not to spend time to look to see who Jesus is, who he was for the world, and who he is for the world today. This world will have us to live in anxiety day in and day out. I cannot tell you how I pray for you because I see what's going on in, in the world around us. I see the busyness of the culture that tells us we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to live our best life. You know, that's the new buzz phrase that's going on. You know, on social networks today, people lifting up pictures and images of what they're doing and it's all good. And they says, oh, I'm living my best life. But let those things fall apart. And then we ask ourselves, are we truly living our best life? Because who is in the center of that life with us? We just finished. Celebrating the feast of Christmas. Jesus identified himself as the light of the world. He also said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I told you, this Christmas tree is up because we didn't have some tall people, some strong people. Uh, to be able to climb up and take down this Christmas tree on yesterday as we were taking down the evidences of Christmas in the sanctuary. So we are hoping that some people will answer the call and step up before they run out of the sanctuary today and say, let's put away the symbol that reminds us that Jesus Christ truly is the light of the world. But this wasn't, this piece in my message wasn't in my sermon when I prepared it. But the Spirit of the Lord dropped it into my spirit as I was sitting there yesterday in this vision in workshop. Because I took a look at this tree that is now not lit, 
All of the chrismon ornaments are off of this tree. And there is just this tall tree that is dark, doesn't have the bling of the ornaments anymore. So it doesn't look as beautiful as it used to look just a few days ago. But then the Spirit of the Lord said to me, take another look at this tree. Because in order for us to answer the question as to who Jesus is for us in 2020, we need to look and see that without Jesus, our life would be just as bare, just as dark. But with Jesus, something happens. The light of Jesus floods into our being. And then we become decorated with the grace and the mercy and the glory of God. And then we reflect that light because we are shining the light of God, Emmanuel, with us from within so the people can see us. And people can see us and want to know what is it about your life that makes you glow? And then you can begin to witness, like the scripture witness, to the fact that God has always been in the midst of God's people. You can answer the question that I glow with the light of Christ because God sent Jesus at the appointed time into this darkened world and he became the light of the world for all those who will come to him, all those who will receive him by faith and all those who need to know how to live this righteous life in right relationship with God. Living the righteous life doesn't mean that you have it all together. It doesn't mean that everything is going right in your life. It doesn't mean that you are perfect, but it means that you have the righteous one, Christ Jesus, who reigns and guides and instructs and covers you with grace. So when we listen to the prophetic reading from Isaiah 42, we begin to understand what God was doing. It begins to help us to understand who is Jesus for us in 2020. And the good news is that Jesus is the same one that God inspired the prophet Isaiah to write about. He is that servant Messiah that Isaiah spoke in his time, 700 years before Jesus came on the scene. He is the same servant of God who God gave the inspiration to Isaiah to let the people know in their time when they were going through uncertainty, when they were going through suffering, when they were going through pain, when they were going through oppression, when they were going through all the things that could trouble the soul, God gave a word through the prophet Isaiah to remind them that God would send his servant, his anointed servant, the Messiah. And he will come in character that people can see. He will be gentle. He will be kind. 
He will bring forth justice upon the earth. He will offer salvation, not only to the Israelites, but to all the nations of the world. And that includes every soul upon the earth. And God talks through the prophet Isaiah about what the people can expect from this Messiah. He will not quit on God's plan until it's fulfilled. He will remind them of God's presence with them before that moment, in that moment, and beyond that moment. He will be able to have strength to endure pain, suffering. He will be able to be the Savior for all of the world. And here we come on this day remembering Jesus' baptism because his baptism is recorded in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each of the Gospel writers recorded some version of what happened on Jesus' baptism. But it's the Gospel of Matthew that we heard read earlier today, Matthew chapter 3, that gives us a unique perspective on Jesus' baptism. It gives us a dialogue that occurred between John the Baptist and Jesus as he presented himself before John the Baptist to be baptized. And you all know John the Baptist. You know, he's that weird dude that was out in the wilderness, you know, eating locusts and honey and proclaiming repentance, calling God's people in his time to repentance because the kingdom of God was coming. And and John could not understand because he knew John was Jesus' first cousin, by the way. And in his spirit, John knew who Jesus truly was. He knew that he was the one that Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah 42. He knew that Jesus is the Messiah and was going to be the Savior offered for the world. So in that understanding, when Jesus presented himself, John looked at him and he says, No, I can't baptize you. You are divine. You are the Holy One. He says, you should be baptizing me. Because I am a sinner just like every other person. But I love Jesus' answer to him. Jesus says, in other words, yeah, and I'm paraphrasing, that's all true. He says, But let it be so in this moment so that we could fulfill all of the prophecies that have been written about me. In other words, you baptize me because in so doing, God will show God's people how much God loves them. By you baptizing me, God will reveal to the world, everything 
that had been written in God's plan for the salvation of the world, God will allow people to see that I, Jesus, I am the fulfillment of all of those things. And when Jesus said that, the scripture says that John baptized Jesus. Now the question for us today is, why was it necessary for Jesus, if he is in God in human flesh, and the scripture says that he is without sin, why was it necessary for Jesus to be baptized? And it's real simple. Not only because he wanted to reveal to the world what God had started and that he was going to be the completion of the covenant, the lasting covenant between God and his people. But there was something more important in that baptism. He wanted the world, God wanted the world, you, all of you, me, all of the people in the world. He wanted us to know that God knows how it feels to live as a human being. He identified with our weaknesses. He identified with our sin in his baptism. He became truly one of us. And by that virtue, he knows when you cry, why you are crying. He knows when you are sick. He knows the pain of sickness. He can identify with every feeling that we will have as a human being. And yet he says unto us, I am your light. In his baptism, he made it possible for us to know, first of all, the salvation of God for all of humanity. Because as the scripture says, as Peter said it well in Acts 10, in his humanness, in his human nature, he suffered, he died on the cross for you and for me and God raised him from the dead to give us the hope of eternal life. So why do we need to know who Jesus is in 2020? If you have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God lives within you by the presence and power of his Spirit. You now have become Christ's family. In your baptism, you have been initiated into this great covenant that God made possible for every human being that will accept it by faith. In your baptism, God is saying to you and to me that God is the one who is sovereign in your life and he will allow you to live this life to live the best life with him 
upon this earth, glorifying him and showing the world that you are his child. In 2020, you know, a lot of hype about, oh, this is a new decade. And I say, yes, it is a beginning of a new decade. But before we look too far into the decade, let us look to today. Let us look to what is happening right now. Let us look at who Jesus is for you in this day because that will determine how you will stand in faith throughout this day and all the days to come in this year. We are the children of God. We have been declared righteous. The righteousness that Jesus fulfilled, God has declared us righteous, in, which means in right relationship with God as we journey through this year. And in that righteousness, there is a calling. There is a calling for us to identify Jesus Christ as Lord there's a calling for us to witness to the presence of God. There is a calling for us to shine the light of Christ in these darkened times that we are living in. It's a calling for us to not be like the tree that has no light. But it's the calling for us to reflect the light like when this tree was in its best days, illumined and decorated with all the symbols that represented for us who God is and who Christ is for us in our time. I'm going to close you with this story that helps us to identify why it's so important for us to know who Jesus is in 2020. There is a story about this Catholic priest that was started somewhere in 1870, around there. This Catholic priest had a calling back in his time to go to one of the islands, you know, in Hawaii and to minister and to witness to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The issue at hand for him was that he was sent on this island where every person on this island had leprosy. So he went there and he proclaimed the word and he started a church and he kept on hoping and praying that the people would come and know that God is truly Emmanuel with them. And he stayed there for 12 years trying to get the people to come, to come and experience the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But after 12 years, he became frustrated and he gave up because none of the residents came to the church. So he packed up and he was leaving and on his way back to wherever his homeland is or was, 
he sat there and he reflected on those 12 years and, and, you know, and he started wringing his hands together and, and then he looked down and he looked closely at his hands and he saw that he had some spots, some white spots on his hands that indicated that he had contracted leprosy. So he had a decision to make. Should he go back, you know, defeated to his homeland, or should he go back to the island and continue to serve God? He chose the latter, to go back to this place where all of the residents on this island have been diagnosed with leprosy. And when he got back there and he started uh, again calling the people and his symptoms became more evident, the people all of a sudden started to come to him, started to ask him about this God who he served. And he shared with them that he came back because he was now one of them. He was able to connect with them and to identify with them because he had the same symptoms. He was dealing with the same issues as they. And as they started ministering together, people started coming to the church. The church became packed on a Sunday. And why do you think that really happened? Because he identified with them in their sickness, in their troubles, in their isolation, in everything of life. And that's what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. He came. He took on our human form. He identified with our sins by allowing himself to be baptized. And he's saying to us in that identification, I know you. I know you when you're putting on that good face on the outside, but on the inside, it's still all messed up. He says, I know you when you try to put on that nice mask to the world, but your soul is saying, Lord, or maybe it's not even saying anything because you cannot see Jesus. He says, but in 2020, if you identify with me, Jesus, who died on the cross for your sins, and I know everything about you, I will ease your brokenness. I will ease your pain. I will show you how to walk in the light of my presence, he says, I will call you and I will fill you with spiritual gifts so that you could be a part of what I am doing here at St. Matthew's in this corner in 2020. He says, I will give you strength when you feel that you don't have any strength to go on. He says, I will uplift you when you are anxious about what's going on in the world and what's going on in the life of the church. 
He says, I will show you great and mighty things that your eyes have not yet seen, your ears have not yet heard, and it hasn't even entered into your imagination. The things that I, God, has prepared for you. He says, and I will show you how I will take the things that seem senseless in this world and make sense out of it. He says, I will show you when you think you are relying on your own wisdom and knowledge and understanding. I will show you the greater wisdom that is in me, Christ Jesus. He says, and I will let you know that I could take this church with you or without you and transform it into something so that the people who are lost in the church and outside of the church, they will come to know that I, Jesus, truly, truly is the Savior of the world. So who is Jesus for you in 2020? Is he truly the one that you are following? Oh, is he truly your savior? Is he truly the one that you trust even when you don't see circumstances telling you that you should trust him? Is he the one that you look to in faith? And you can say without a shadow of a doubt, he is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he will be the same tomorrow. And he is God. With me. Leading, guiding, instructing. And he is the one that I humble myself before. Because all that we are, all that we do, all that we have acquired comes from God. And when we get there, we will see the glory of the Lord revealed in ways that all we can say is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Use me, God. Let me be your messenger. Let me be your messenger to smile at someone who is having a bad day. Let me be your messenger to offer some food to someone who is hungry. Let me be your messenger, God, to keep your sanctuary in order. Let me be your messenger, God, to be your hands and your feet and your eyes and your ears. And most of all, your heart. Because you have redeemed me by grace. And I live because you live. And I can face tomorrow because you are all the world to me. That's who he is to me. Who is he to you? Let us pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, that you can strip us of our pretenses. 
Thank you, God, that you have called us into this great redeeming work in this world. And thank you, God, for Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. Thank you for forgiving us when we fall short of your grace and your mercy. And thank you for your anointing of Christ in our lives. Circumcise our heart, God, to your presence, to your will, to your work. And help us not to grow weary in doing good for your kingdom. And as long as you need us on this earth to glorify you, God, we aspire, God, to do so in faith, in unity, in service, and in witness to your truth. Thank you for your anointing upon your people on this 12th day of this new year. May they go forward from this day walking in the light of your presence, glorifying you, trusting you, depending upon you, and giving themselves as a living sacrifice for your work. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Rest and rule upon us. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, and the people of God say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.